Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about an illusion that shows how your brain processes information, why pee is yellow, and how watching horror movies can help reduce anxiety. Let's satisfy some curiosity on the award-winning Curiosity Daily. We've got three trivia questions for you. Are you ready? Question one. How many of each animal did Moses take on the ark? Question two. What's the nationality of Thomas Edison, the inventor of the telephone? Question three. What were the first words uttered by Louis Armstrong when he set foot on the moon? Let's recap and see how you did. How many of each animal did Moses take on the ark? You might have said two, but Moses didn't take animals on the ark. That was Noah. For number two, what's the nationality of Thomas Edison, the inventor of the telephone? You might have said American, but Thomas Edison didn't invent the telephone. That was Alexander Graham Bell. And what were the first words uttered by Louis Armstrong when he set foot on the moon? Your answer might have been one small step for man, but that answer is a giant leap. Louis Armstrong is a legendary trumpet player whose name is actually pronounced Lewis. Well, he, he pronounced his own name Lewis. Yeah, oh, there we go. Neil Armstrong was the first man in the moon. So why did the questions fool you? It's all in how your brain processes information. This bit of trickery is called the Moses illusion, and it shows how bad you are at picking up on errors in your everyday life. Researchers first came up with it in a 1981 study where more than 80% of participants missed the problem with the Moses question. Studies show that illusions like this can lead people to pick up false information about the world. Fortunately, there's one way around this. When people are asked to play fact checker and correct errors as they read, they're much less likely to pick up false information than people who just read what they're given. The takeaway is that if you assume anything you hear or read could be wrong, then you'll be more likely to notice when it is. But you can rest assured that we check all our facts on this podcast, the award-winning Curiosity Monthly. We all see the same sky and ask, why is the sky blue? But we also all go to the bathroom. So how can we never ask, why is our pee yellow? Lucky for you, we're science nerds, so we've got some answers, and they might tell you something about your health. Long story short, urine is yellow because of a chemical called urobilin, or urochrome. Here's the deal. Your body has a massive amount of red blood cells, but they don't last very long before they need to be washed out of your system. Even after they've passed their expiration dates, red blood cells contain iron. White blood cells gobble up that iron to keep it in your body, and then they ditch that X-red blood cell wrapper. That's called bilirubin. Some of that bilirubin heads to your kidneys, where your kidneys suck out valuable nutrients and transform that bilirubin into a molecule that happens to be yellow. The amount of water in your body can dilute that chemical, which is why your urine can range from crystal clear to a deep amber color. So very generally speaking, that's why the more clear your urine is, the more hydrated you are. If it's deeper yellow or amber or honey colored, then you might want to hydrate a little more. And if it's neon yellow, then you might have excess riboflavin in your system, which means you probably just popped a multivitamin. Or you drank an energy drink. Really? Yep. Other non-yellow colors are possible, and we are not medical professionals, so don't panic. But you might want to see a doctor if it comes out brownish, pink or reddish, orange, or even blue and green. That's actually a thing that can happen with certain rare genetic diseases. And fizziness or foaminess can happen sometimes, too. If it's just fizzy once in a while, then it's probably a harmless hydraulic effect. If it's regularly foaming, then it could be kidney problems or excess protein in your diet. No matter what color or consistency it is, if you're concerned, 
Talk to your doctor. Today's episode is sponsored by Anomia, spelled A-N-O-M-I-A. It's a game we've been playing on our lunch breaks in the office. I'm not even a gamer, and I like it. I am a gamer, and I also like it. The word anomia refers to when you can't remember a word, but it's on the tip of your tongue. The game anomia is a quick and easy card game where you have to come up with words that fit into different categories. Think fast. Name a mountain range, a comet, a science fiction author, a type of wood. This is a game where you have to think fast, and you can play it anywhere with anyone. If you like curiosity, then you will love this game because it'll tap into all the random things you learn every day. And there's no waiting. It could be your turn at any time, so it keeps you on your toes. Quick, name a poet, a contagious disease, a news magazine. This is the perfect game to play with friends and family at any party or family game night. The more people playing, the more fast-paced and hilarious it gets. It really brings people together and gets everybody laughing. And new for 2018 is a kid's version called Anomia Kids for ages 5 and up meaning even more fun for all ages. It's a pretty perfect gift idea for any of your friends who like games, and maybe even some who don't. Look for Anomia and Anomia Kids, spelled A-N-O-M-I-A, at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and your local toy and game shop. We'll also put a link to buy Anomia in today's show notes. More than 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety. A lot of people deal with it using calming remedies, but other people? Horror movies. And today, we'll talk about the science behind that. Quick, name a horror movie. Oh, gosh. It. (laughs) I think that might have been one of the first horror movies I ever saw. Wow, that was pretty quick. Yeah. You would have won that round in Anomia. Is that your favorite horror movie? I am not a fan of horror movies. Don't like them. Do you? I wouldn't say I like them, but I would say that they have their intended effect. You know how you grew up near the Redwoods? Mm Mm-hmm. I was on a road trip with some friends, and we stopped and stayed at a cabin in the Redwood Forest. Nice. Where there's no cell phone reception anywhere, middle of nowhere, pitch black everywhere. And they bust out Cabin in the Woods, <laughs> which is a horror movie. I was not happy, but it was all right. It's not like the scariest movie in the world. But now I associate the Redwoods a little bit with <laughs> horror Fear. movies. Fear, <laughs> terror. It's really unfortunate that it didn't have the same effect that some people experience based on this research we're about to talk about. Right. So believe it or not, people have been using horror movies or TV shows to deal with their anxiety for decades. Essentially, the horror they're watching helps them redirect their general anxiety onto something that's not only not real, but not affecting them directly. In turn, that helps diffuse whatever they're dealing with. You know how you feel kind of relieved after you make it through a high-stress situation? Well, researchers think that could be one reason why some anxious people find horror films therapeutic. The genre helps you voluntarily get experience with negative emotions under controlled circumstances. Since you're confronting your fears in a safe environment, like a cozy living room, it's easier for a person to separate irrational fears from reality and remember that things could always be worse. There's also some brain chemistry going on. The amygdala is the part of the brain that signals danger, and it can be hyperactive in people who have generalized anxiety disorder. If people with hyperactive amygdalas self-medicate with a regular dose of horror, their fear and anxiety reaction may decrease over time. This has been studied, but only with very specific images, so it's hard to say if that would work with horror movies in general. More research is definitely needed in this area, especially since horror movies are definitely not therapeutic for everyone. Case in point. Yes. One study reported that about a half dozen people had to seek clinical help after they saw The Exorcist because the lingering fear was so intense, according to Purdue professor Glenn Sparks. This is also why horror can be so polarizing. The way you handle the triggering material depends on how your unique brain processes it. 
Just remember, if you get too scared, you can always turn it off and try meditating instead. You can always save a good horror movie to stimulate your next date night. Read about today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. Join us again tomorrow for the award-winning Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.